Hey friends, it's Eric here. Thanks for listening to the Building Us podcast. Hey, I want to invite you to follow me on my new show, Stuff About Money They Didn't Teach You in School, where I take a deeper dive into money and financial topics. You can find it wherever you listen to your podcast, Stuff About Money They Didn't Teach You in School. I hope to see you there. creatures of habit, what you'll start to find is like your spending becomes very predictable. So, you know, we, we spend money at the same places, we shop at the same places. So once you start to get a kind of a baseline, you start to understand your spending habits, then you can start to make some, some changes and some improvements. So like I would say like in this initial round of looking at your statements, don't go in there with the idea that you're going to change all these habits. Just go in there. Really all you're doing is just taking, taking an account, an inventory of your spending. That's it. Don't have any high hopes of changing anything in that moment. You just really want to become aware of your spending habits at this point. Welcome to the Simple Series Money Edition from Building Us. Hey everyone, this is Dr. Matt Morris, couples counselor and family therapist. Joined, as always, by my co-host, Eric Garcia, certified financial planner and financial advisor. Eric, you often end the show each week with the encouragement to our listeners to invest in your relationships. But how do we do that? How do we invest in something that seems so intangible? Well, as we've been exploring on this simple series, it is simple. And this, this series provides our us and our listeners with simple, everyday, practical, and tactical strategies for investing in your relationship and improving your financial security. These strategies are really solid techniques for improving your finances, improving your home, and investing in your relationships. This is the Simple Series Money Edition from Building Us. Hey, Eric, how's it going? It is going well. So hopefully people listen to our last episode, our first episode, I should say, on, on Money Edition, on automating uh, certain parts of your expenses. And I think that for people who do this, you, you listen to this and you think like, oh, that's, you almost like take it for granted because it is it is so simple. Uh, but yet not everyone does this. And it's something yeah. that could have a huge, huge impact on um, on on just your financial security, on your savings, on all kinds of stuff. So if you found that show episode help, uh, helpful, share it with someone, uh, follow us so that you can hear all of our, you get all of our upcoming uh, episodes downloaded directly to your um, your podcasting app, whichever it is. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to hopping into part two here, Matt. And you know, I'm excited about this series also because uh, sometimes money issues confuse me, perplex me, overwhelm me. And you know, I can call you and I can say, hey man, what do you think about this? And you give me some simple strategy. Uh, but I'm just like your kind financial, of going back. I'm like your financial Google. <laughs> Thank you. But just kind of going back to the basics of things that we all need to be doing regularly to uh, improve our financial security. So what is the simple task for today? Yeah, what are we the simple, doing? The simple task. And let me say this. You, you bring up a good point. Coming back to the basics. I don't care how, how sophisticated you are. I don't care how much money you have, how little money you have. I think that returning to the basics is something that we need to be doing 
regularly and consistently because we mm. forget about the basics so often and they're so fundamental and foundational. So today's simple technique is review your statements. Now, when I say statements, I'm talking about your bank statements, so your checking account, as well as your credit card statements. This sounds somewhat boring and tedious. So you mean like mm -hmm. print off my statement or you, pull it up on my big computer screen statement and like go yeah. over it line by line with my spouse? Yeah. Um, it, if you're married, your spouse, if you're not married, you know, don't review, don't it. review it with Matt's spouse, review it alone. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you can print it. You can look on a screen. It is tedious. And this is, this is something that a lot of people don't, don't do. Kind of in the spirit of our last episode where I say automate, this is something that, that you can't automate. This is something that you actually physically have to do. And I would recommend doing this on a, on a regular basis. And there's really, Quarter, there's really quarterly, semi-annually. What are you, what are you thinking? Monthly? I would say if you haven't done it or haven't done it in a while, I would do it pretty consistently for several months in a row. In fact, I would actually print the last quarter's worth of statements. So okay. if you haven't done this, print last quarter's worth of statements because our spending isn't, not all of our mm -hmm. spending is monthly. Some of our spending is a little bit less uh, less regular. Some months we might yeah. spend more at the grocery store. Some months we might have a higher electric bill or we may have one-off purchases. We may pay taxes quarterly or we have, you know, we, we may pay auto insurance on on some, some crazy schedule. So it, it's good to to do this over a, a period of months that you can kind of capture all the different expenses that you have. But I want to kind of talk about five, really, really five parts of reviewing your statements and five things that you, what you're looking for when you review your statements. Now, some of these right. will apply just to your credit card statements and some of these will apply to your bank statements and I'll clarify as we go through. But for the, for the first part, if it's a credit card statement, and you, you typically carry a balance. If you, if you don't carry a balance every month, this is irrelevant to you. But if you carry a balance, typically on the credit card statements, there's going to be some section that'll say, hey, Matt, if you pay back the minimum payment, this is how long it's going to take you to pay your credit card off. I want you to look at that. And, and, and I want you to be wowed and shocked by mm. how long it'll take you to pay off your credit card. So these are purchases that you've already made that you think you've already paid for, but you're still paying for them in the form of interest. So look how long it's gonna take and look at the interest that you're paying and how expensive that, I don't know, that $4 cup of coffee at Starbucks, it's really costing you $8 possibly. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah, depending on how long it's gonna take you to pay it off. So if you have a balance, look for that little section that says what interest you're paying and how long it's gonna take you to pay off your, uh, uh, your balance. Okay. So check. So for credit card statements, look for this information about how how long paying the minimum payment yeah. is going to take yeah. to pay off yeah. that balance. The minimum payment is somewhat designed to keep you in debt for a, a, a while. Yeah, if you if you think the credit card companies are out to get you, yeah, absolutely, they're not designed to help you get out of debt for sure. So number two, or the second part of reviewing your statements, what you want to do is you want to look at, and this is probably what everyone was thinking about here, look at what you actually bought. So if you if you use a, a, your bank account, a debit card, or a credit card, um, you just want to take account of everything that you that you spent your money on. Mm -hmm. And you, sometimes people think it's, it's the big expenses, and we've talked about this, you and I, yeah. um, that 
it's not it's not necessarily the big expenses that that keep you in a position of not being able to to advance financially. It's the little things. It's the all the little bitty expenses that you buy throughout the month that add up consistently over months and over years. Yeah. So it's uh, on my bank statement, I would notice that there's things that are there every month. There's there are expenses that are regular and predictable, but then there's all these other expenses that I swipe my card at this store or that store or this place or that place or online and forgot about. Yeah. And so this is a way of capturing and categorizing those expenses. Yeah, this could be painful sometimes. This is this is probably the most painful thing for some people to do because you start to add up all that you spent and you start to realize like, oh my gosh, how much did I spend here? How much did I spend there? I spent I really spent that much eating out or I spent that much at the grocery store or whatever it might yeah. be. How much did I spend at Amazon this month? What the heck did I even buy? Uh, so you start to become more aware of your spending patterns, your spending habits, and you start to question maybe some some of your purchases. And obviously that's going to help you uh, cut back if that's something that you're trying to do to, to cut back. Let, let me ask you here. Um, this works really well for people who make most of their purchases with a, with a card. Mm-hmm. What about for folks that are using cash? I mean, are, are people still using cash? Do, Is cash a thing? Do we touch bills and then pass them on to somebody else and they touch the bill and then give us some change back? Do, do people still do that? And if so, how do you account for those expenses? Yeah, well, the good thing is if, if you if you spend cash, then you can't go into debt because you can't spend what you don't have. Um, that probably becomes more important from, obviously, unless you keep your receipts and write down everything you spend, which is a little bit, um, maybe some people do it, but it's a little bit, a little bit meticulous and anal from my perspective. Um, if you're spending cash, budgeting probably becomes more important. I have X amount of cash in my wallet and I'm allocating so much for, for this type of purchase or that type of purchase. But I rarely, I rarely see, I rarely see that if, if you do have cash and some people often do have cash, I would treat that as like a on your checking account, you should see maybe like a ATM, like a withdrawal or something. Okay. And you can kind of track that as, as cash. Miscellaneous. Yeah. You know, you're not, you're not going to categorize that into very specific uh, expenses, but there's a, there's a cash category. Yeah. And think of, think of like categories to put things in. So if you go to the coffee shop, you know, if you go to PJ's or Starbucks or whatever coffee shop, just put coffee. If you see that it's, it's regular. Um, mm-hmm. if you see Amazon is a regular expense, it's really hard. You're not going to see on your statement, like what every individual purchase is, but you get to start to get like a trend line. Like how much do I spend monthly at Amazon? How much do I spend yeah. monthly at target? How much monthly do I spend at Walmart? And, um, I remember that was something that we did years and years and years ago when I was trying to do this. And I realized like, Oh my gosh, what are we buying from target? So then I just started tracking target as a, as an expense. Because it's just so hard to to get in there and say, okay, was this was this groceries? Was it like household yeah. goods? Was it was it clothing for the kids? So I just started tracking it as a as a category, if you will. Um, and if it ever became problematic, then I could go down and, and figure out what we're what we're spending. Yeah. So uh, look look at those expenses and try to categorize them. Next, uh, look for like expenses that don't belong, right? Like like that that magazine subscription that you had from five years ago that you're still paying, it only might be like three bucks a month, but that adds up over time. 
Yeah. Um, so those subscriptions that you no longer use or things that like, man, I did not spend that. That's fraud. Okay. Right. So, so, so looking for things that may be off your radar that you are spending money on, that you agreed to spend money on at some point in time, some point in your life that you no longer need or want or use. You're not getting any value uh, and, from it. And subscriptions fall into that. I bet for a lot. Yeah. But then also look for fraudulent purchases, something that you didn't do. You know, in our family, there's several of us spending out of the same account. And so sometimes it's hard to know, did I buy that? Did you buy that? What, what, what is that? And, and just having this conversation, I brings some clarity to, yeah, yep. I purchased that. Yep. That was me. We're, look, we're creatures of habit. What you'll start to find is like your spending becomes very predictable. Uh, hmm. So, you know, we, we spend money at the same places. We, we shop at the same places. Uh, so once you start to get a kind of a baseline, you start to understand your spending habits and you can start to make some, some changes and some improvements. So like, I would say like in this initial round of looking at your statements, don't, don't go in there with the idea that you're going to change all these habits. Just go in there. Really all you're doing is just taking, taking an account, an inventory yeah. of your spending. That's it. Don't, don't have any high hopes of, of changing anything yeah. in that moment. You just really want to become aware of your spending habits at this point. All right. So Sounds, yeah, great. So the, the next thing for credit cards, typically a credit card is going to state somewhere on there what your, your limit is on that card. So if you do not pay your credit card off monthly, and let me just say this about people who pay their credit card off monthly. I hear this a lot. I don't, I don't carry any debt. I pay my credit card off monthly just cause and I, I'm one of those people. I pay my credit card off monthly, but just cause I pay it off monthly doesn't mean I don't misspend on my credit card. So even if you pay your credit card off monthly, still take account of how you're spending your money, right? Yeah. So, but look at what you want to do is if you carry a balance, if you don't pay your car, your card off monthly, you want to try to stay underneath a 30% utiliz utilization rate. So like if your limit is $10,000, you want to keep your credit use under 3000. Now it doesn't make sense, right? If they're letting you use 10, why not use 10? Well, your credit score, one of the one of the calculations for your credit for your credit score is credit utilization. So anything under 30% is going to help your credit score out. Anything above 30% utilization is going to negatively impact your credit score. Mm. So, so if you have a credit card with $10,000 limit, practically if you're going to if you're going to carry a balance, you need to think about your your credit limit being 3,000. Yeah, if you want if you want to help your credit score out. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good, next good is advice. if you have good a good tip. Yeah, if you have a credit card with points, um, points aren't as good as a deal as you think they are sometimes. If if you carry a balance, don't mm -hmm. don't think that you're you're doing yourself a favor by by having using a credit card to get points because you're paying for those points in the form of interest. If you've got points accrued that you can use as cash and you carry a balance, apply them to the balance try to get that balance paid off because interest is expensive and you want to pay that off. Um, so points aren't necessarily all that they're cracked up to be if you carry balances. Do you think generally if you're carrying a balance that the interest you're paying is higher than the value of the points? Oh yeah. Absolutely. Oh, so, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, credit card so companies, they know how to make money. Yeah. They're giving you points. Oh, they're not giving you anything but you're paying for it. You're just paying, you're, you're, you're buying that airline ticket yeah, one, no, one if, little interest payment at a time. 
I'm not dogging points. I've got a credit card. We've been using it for two years now. We bought it. We, we got this card specifically for the travel points. Yeah. We pay our credit card off monthly. So I haven't had any fees or any interest, but there's some poor fool on the other end who is paying for my plane tickets, who doesn't yeah. pay their credit card off. So, um, thank you. Thank you for those people who, for those people who don't care, who don't pay off their credit card. You are funding my travel. Thank you. But, but, um, but credit card companies aren't philanthropic. They're not just giving no, no. people free travel or no. points. Somebody's way, way overpaying for that in interest. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I see it. Oh, I see it all the time. Uh, last thing here is as you're reviewing your statements, you talked about printing out your statement. You can do that. Like sometimes having something physical is, is helpful. You can make notes on, on paper. I, I like doing that sometimes, but you can consider also using some type of aggregator, uh, like a bank aggregator. So a lot of people are familiar with mint.com. That might be the most popular one where you can go put your bank credentials in there, your credit card statement, your credit card credentials, and it'll download all your transactions. So from a category standpoint, assigning categories to your, to your expenses, it becomes very easy because it, it'll start to learn like, okay, Rouse's is grocery, Starbucks is coffee or eating out, however you want to categorize it. Yeah. So that becomes helpful in trying to get some, some baseline um, spending habits from a category standpoint. So an aggregator in this sense is something that will pull in data, bits of data from different sources, different bank yep. accounts or different credit card accounts all into one place, one, yep. one uh, spreadsheet essentially. So you yeah, can there, categorize there's a, it. There's a handful of, you know, there's mint.com, YNAB, you need a budget. Um, I use one with, with our financial planning clients that, that integrates into the financial planning software. But here's the thing. If you use one of those, just because you've downloaded your expenses doesn't mean you've actually reviewed them. When I say review, I'm talking about like actually looking at them. Yeah, I've I used to, to people, use one of those and never, never looked at it. Yeah, they're like, oh, I use Mint. I'm like, when's the last time you looked at it? Oh, gosh, I don't know. Like, well, you're not reviewing I your expenses. I forgot the password. <laughs> yeah, they're not there. They're not there. Let, let me ask you this. We're, you're talking about reviewing your statements. And for, you know, couples and families that I work with, that might mean that um, the, the couple has joint finance, has their finances pretty intermingled and joint where they, they're spending out of the same accounts and are aware of each other's spending but I talk to couples all the time that have pretty separate finances and different accounts and different credit cards and, and aren't fully open with each other about what they're spending. So reviewing statements, is that a, is that a joint exercise, a solo exercise? What, what do you think? Yeah. So I think if you're, if you're married, that means that you have some shared vision of the future with your spouse. Right, I'm just going. I'm going to go out on a whim here that says I want to grow okay. old with you, and we have some type of like aspirations together. So I don't care if you have separate accounts or joint accounts. You better be on the same page in terms of how you're using your money to get you yeah. to those, you know, those those future aspirations that you have. Yeah. And if you're listening, and you're like, I don't know. Then I, mean, I don't. I don't know if I want to review my statement with with my spouse. I would schedule an appointment with Matt to review your statements if you've never done that together <laughs> or with a couples counselor for the yeah. first time. Yeah, I would say, you know, there are a lot of people that I work with that have separate accounts, couples that have separate accounts. I don't have a problem with separate in general, 
But if separate is hiding, if separate is privacy, like I don't want my spouse, I'm married to you, I have a shared vision of a future, and I don't want you to know what I spend, that seems problematic. No, you know, I'm all about increasing security in the relationship. And so if you're, if you're keeping your finances separate to protect yourself because you don't trust your spouse or to keep, keep it separate so that they don't see what you spend because you don't want them to know what you spend, there's an issue there. So I would just say, think about what, why you're, why you're hiding your statement and not wanting to review your statement with your spouse. But I think, I think this is great advice, Eric. This is something I, my wife and I have done over the years and it's always eye opening and interesting. Like what, where's, where is our money going? Yeah. You know, this ties directly to some of your pillars. Yep. Pillar number one. I think one. this is great advice. Awesome. Know where your money is going. Review your statements, people. Review your statements. So that's right, everyone. Review your statement with your loved one or by yourself. Look at what you're spending. Eric, thank you. This is great advice. This will definitely help all of us invest in our financial security. Dr. Matt Morris maintains an active private practice for couples and families in the greater New Orleans area. To learn more about his work, visit drmattmorris.com. Eric Garcia can be found online at plan-wisely.com. His branch office is located in New Orleans, Louisiana. The branch phone number is 504-218-5479. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through New Century Financial Group, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Insurance services offered through Garcia Financial Group, LLC. Entities listed are not affiliated. 